And let us hear God's word from the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, reading from chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. The Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariots and horses, army and battalion. They will lie down together and will not rise. They will be extinguished, extinguished like a wick. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. The beasts of the field, the jackals and ostriches will honor me because I have put water in the desert and streams in the wilderness to give water to my people, my chosen ones. The word of God for the people of God. And as you are able, again, continue to stand. Let us turn to number 847 in our hymnals, uh, Psalm 126. You'll recognize a familiar hymn in some of these words. Let us read responsively. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go forth weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. Carrying their sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. together and we join our hearts in prayer I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord and Lord here I am and I'm glad to be with these others who have welcomed and accepted and taken your invitation for real bless your church not just here not just in Copper Hill and McKaysville, but around this globe. Uh, whether it's Sunday morning or whether they're still in Saturday or already into Monday. Bless your church as we worship. 
as we love and as we serve. Hear our prayers and let us know that uh, we can trust you when we cannot trust anyone or anything else. Be our confidence. Be our help and our protector. When our energy fails, be that spark which would keep us going. And we will seek no no praise for ourselves, but give our praise to you for your many gifts, for the wonders of your creation, and the power of your love. We come in the name of Jesus, and we remember his life, his teaching, his healing, his death, and his resurrection. We would want to live with the same faith, knowing you as a loving parent, knowing you as the source of all wisdom, truth, and power. We would want to walk as closely to you as Jesus did. And know Jesus as our own trusted friend. So be with us as we, as we worship, as we attend Sunday school, as we join in other study groups. And always as we pray that your church may continue to grow numerically and spiritually uh, in, in places where it's, it may seem dead at the time and in places where your love overflows. May your church continue to witness and to serve faithfully. We pray in Jesus' name and we offer those we've named and we offer you all our ongoing concerns as we pray together the prayer he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen.
Sometimes I think Paul's letter to the Philippians is is one of my favorites. And uh, this is a favorite part of that letter. Reading in chapter 3, beginning in the middle of the fourth verse through verse 14. If anyone else has reason to put their confidence in physical advantages, I have even more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. With respect to observing the law, I'm a Pharisee. With respect to devotion to the faith, I harassed the church. With respect to righteousness under the law, I am blameless. These things were my assets, but I wrote them off as a loss for the sake of Christ. But even beyond that, I consider everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have lost everything for him, but what I lost I think of as sewer trash, so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ I have a righteousness that is not my own, and that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithful faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that I have comes from knowing Christ, the power of His resurrection, and the participation in His suffering. It includes being, com- being conformed to His death so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the Lord. It is not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and reach out For the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. This is the Word of God for the people of God. One reason I would remember those verses is because I remember after an upper room devotion one morning with my father reading to me and my sisters, he read that verse and he says, That's my favorite. So it stands to reason I would make it one of my favorites. It also says about where we are and how we live as Christians. And I think it says plenty and probably enough in response to that question we've been looking at for several weeks. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? Where would Jesus be? Uh, we could... We could you know, make that question in various ways, and uh, there would be various answers. 
Here's the answer for today. It's not a matter of where, what would Jesus do, but whatever he's doing, he'd be doing it betwixt and between. You've been there, haven't you? Betwixt and between, you got the things you're trying to finish and the things you've got to start, and how are you going to get anything done? Now, some of you are better at that than I am. You finish things before you start another one. Some of us finish one and realize we got two or three others that still need finishing, that we started long before that one. The prophet Isaiah knew about betwixt and between. You know, the whole book of Isaiah has, covers at least three generations of, of the Hebrews and the Israelites before uh, destruction and captivity and while in bondage in, in captivity and then after coming home from captivity. And so Isaiah continually reminds us, you know, that it is, it's rough in the desert. It's dry as a bone. But God's going to provide water. And the wilderness is fraught with danger. But God's going to provide protection. So where are we? Probably we're still in the wilderness. Or we're right on the edge of it. I like to take the back roads sometimes. And sometimes I think they're not as wild as the interstate. But uh, there are dangers there are dangers as we, as we travel, as we go about. And for us Christians, hopefully we can all claim that we have been saved. But the final result remains to be seen. If we stay with that faith long enough to inherit that kingdom. And so it's good for us to get with Paul and say, okay. Okay, I'm going to press forward too. But are you willing to count everything dross, everything loss, everything trash and rubbish behind you? Oh, there's some things I want to hold to. Memories of my parents. And I'm one of the lucky few that got to know all four of my grandparents. Lived with them for several years. I don't want to let that go. The voices tend to fade over time. If you ever get your hands on a recording, you might hear a grandparent or your parent and think, who is that? The memories are there. Now, the fact of the matter is, Jesus himself lived in between. And, and part of the, you know, part of the uh, debate and everything about the Gospels is, is whether Jesus marked the end time or whether we continue to wait for Jesus' return to mark the end time. Uh, you don't hear much about that one. Because we're pretty well in our position. We know that you know, the end time is still coming. But remember that in the, in the New Testament, this time is called the New Age. Different from that old age before Jesus. So we're always... Betwixt and between times, whether it's scriptural and biblical, or whether it's family and generations, or whether it's the church, the old Methodist, the new Methodist, the United Methodists, and 
Well, we got that conference over with, so we're not expecting any changes anytime soon. But uh, even our congregation. I mean, it shouldn't be bad news because we hope to inherit the eternal kingdom and, uh, and move there at some point. And, and so it, you know, stands to reason most of us won't be here in another hundred years. Now, I, I preached a sermon one time on midlife. And uh, I knew my age at the time, but one, one member of the church had to tell me afterwards, he said, Tom, I'm not sure about this midlife because I, I don't know many preachers living to 104. We are betwixt and between. Now, what else can we be betwixt and between that would matter? You have to make any decisions? Have you made any decisions in the past week or the past month? Uh, any, any decisions for 2019 or any decisions that uh, may have to be made before 2020? That year 2020, I'm, I'm second-guessing myself about buying used cars because my newest used car is in the shop already for repairs. I didn't do it, I don't think. But I really can't afford to buy a new one anymore. But anyway, you know, uh, there, there are decisions. There are a lot of decisions. It's not just what you're going to wear today or what you're going to eat for breakfast. Those may be important sometimes. We have important decisions. How to spend our time. What we value. I grew up in a happy Christian home. I, I knew all my aunts and uncles. Great aunts and great uncles. Although I did learn sometime as I got more of a teenager. That my grandmother Hampton had had a brother. Who left and went to Texas. And gave no forwarding address. And then I also learned that maybe the reason for that was that uh, when the children were small, the mother, their, their mother died giving birth to my grandmother, who was the youngest of the three children. And then while my grandmother was still young, they were having a big cookout down somewhere near Savannah. And they don't know what happened. Some, somehow poisoned food poison set up and and my grandmother's father died holding her in his in his arms now that explains why Laura and Loney were great warriors and uh, you know it sort of gives a little bit of understanding why the brother might have run away it took later lessons for me to learn that you know how imperfect a family can be even a family that's uh, Christian from, you know, several generations and uh, where the children are raised in the church. And, uh, you know, I used to sit there as a child and think everybody here must be perfect. You know, because we're the, we're the image of heaven as we sing our hymns and praise God. I, I've had that thought even sometimes as, as an adult, that we're just real close to heaven. But, well, I've learned over the years that, uh, you know, there can be all kinds of problems within the congregation itself, let alone within the membership of the church. 
So I learned that my first mother-in-law had died this past week. Some 20 plus years after uh, marking my, my first wife and my children off of the family uh, favorite list. Uh, they had not been nice to, to my wife. Uh, I, I never knew all of what they said or I, I did I did witness one day when my mother-in-law came to the car after we'd been there for a visit she said could y'all maybe just just come on Saturday if you come on Friday night it's just too much trouble just come on Saturday and just you know it doesn't have to be a long visit <coughs> oh, goodness you know here we are with their grandchildren um I saw other things. I saw my son and my daughter as as little. Well, Jeremy was just about a toddler, but he's old enough to talk in his papa's lap. And and both of them were trying to get their papa to say, I love you. And at first, you know, it's kind of funny. Well, look at him. Look at the ways they're trying. You know, they're going to tickle him. They're going to punch him. They're going to poke him. They're going to do this and do that. But. As it went on, and as it happened, one visit after another visit, and he never said those three words, I thought, that's just not right. That's just not right. So I was in a family that, you know, was dysfunctional. Of course, I've learned since then that all families are dysfunctional. Sometimes that's what makes them so much fun. You know, let's invite Uncle Harry, see how he acts. Uh, and I, well, well, I'll I just say to whether it's you or somebody you know, I, I want ours to be a loving family. And if you miss that in your family of origin, I hope you find it here. And if we ever lose temper or get excited or say something that hurts a feeling, let it be known to the person who says it or let it be known to somebody who can arbitrate for you. And uh, let's, let's forgive and let's, uh, let's, let's love each other the best we can. But, but then, you know, let's not, let's not try to keep it to ourselves. I mean, look at those others. Let's open it up and love them too. Now, that's, that's, to me, that's the betwixt and between where we, we church members find ourselves. We celebrate God's love, God's grace, our forgiveness, our salvation. We celebrate and we praise God from whom all blessings flow. But you know, this season reminds us that Jesus wasn't all about praise and thanksgiving and glory. That he himself, for all the good news that he shared, all the people that he healed, all the lessons that he taught, offended some, was written off by others, and was hounded, threatened, until finally they found a way to, to catch him and uh, nail him to the cross. And we, in a very 
fairly simple way we look at that and say, but, but that's God's doing. I'm not so sure. I know that for that doing, God continues to love and save. And for, for, all, for all that doing, uh, when all seemed lost and Jesus was in the tomb, on the third day, he rose. And, you know, that's the message. We're not holy, into Holy Week yet. And it's, you know, this is only a Sunday in Lent because we always celebrate Easter. And, and that's the great, Shirley's got the word. She's, she calls it the great reveal. That's, that's the great reveal. And it's been revealed. And it'll be revealed. We'll see it ourselves. And we see it by faith now. Will we love one another? Will we share God's love with, with other people? People we haven't met. People we may not like. People we may not want around. But uh, people who desperately need to know. What would Jesus do? If he were here now. He'd probably do just as he did in his own time. He would preach a, a straight word of truth. He would go out of his way to love the people that we think aren't worthy of that love and that we shouldn't dirty our hands with. He'd go out of his way to forgive and to invite and welcome. And uh, just as he has done, he would call us as his disciples to take up our crosses and to follow him. Whatever you're betwixt and between at this moment in time, sadness, sorrow, looking for joy and laughter, or between a time of relative ease and facing some times that might not be quite so easy, uh, find that you finally found a way to tolerate certain people and certain things and sensing that maybe it's time to try to go a little deeper and be more of a friend or family member. Am I preaching to the choir? I hope I'm preaching to everybody. I'm, I'm preaching to me too. Let's pray. God, we are betwixt and between, but uh, in the middle, we love you, we worship you, we give you thanks, and we give you praise. May we continue to learn as we grow in our faith, as we continue to understand better the, the words of Scripture, the stories of, of the Bible. And... Uh, to understand Jesus and, and his, his life that has changed everything within and without, betwixt and between. In his name we pray. Amen.